Welcome to the Keeping Pace Podcast. A friend suggested I talk about my running story, so I decided to have my friend Nicole Niewald help me out with this episode. Nicole is the person that got me running 10 years ago and is a part of the reason why this podcast is happening. If someone was going to help me tell part of my running story, it had to be her. The audio is a little funky in some spots, and I apologize about that. I hope you all enjoy the conversation. Hey, Nicole. How are you doing? Good, you know, trying to operate a school from my apartment during quarantine. Yeah, I know. That's got to be tough. What's what's that been like for you? I think it's been crazy, but it's helpful that it's been helpful is maybe the wrong word, but helpful that it's been crazy for everyone. So there's a lot of principals like trying to work together to figure out what to do and what makes sense for like student safety, but also to make sure they're like learning. Um it's funny the things that are tricky that you wouldn't think about, you know, so for example, like school buses. So even if we did bring kids back to school, how do you socially distance them on the school bus? Or like, actually, I know we're talking about like running and athletics today. We were getting emails from the state of Missouri talking about whether kids can practice or not and what that looks like and whether like this whole Missouri State High School Athletic Association, like they're trying to figure out what does this mean for sports and scholarships and all of that stuff and eligibility. So kind of crazy times we're living in. Yeah, we're, we're, we're sort of dealing with the same stuff here. We we just moved in the stage four. And so it's the same thing for us. We're waiting to hear what sports will be like in the fall. Yeah, I'm part of this Facebook group for um, it's like it's called like higher ed in the time of the COVID-19 pandemic or something like that. And within the last week, articles have been popping up about different colleges cutting athletics programs. Like there was one university that cut their tennis program, for example, and another one that was going to cut their cross country program. And like a lot of colleges are having to take a hard look at like revenue versus cost of running the program. So, yeah, I think that program was Brown. Brown actually, they saved their program. They cut it and then they brought it back. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do. By the way, this is Nicole Newell. She's a principal at what's what's is it Kip? What's the full name of the high school in St. Louis? It's a part of the Kip network, but I'm the principal of Kip St. Louis High School. And the important thing about Nicole is Nicole is the reason I'm running. Maybe not the reason I'm running as much as I am now, but she's definitely the reason I got started running. I certainly don't run as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted Nicole to interview me just because I had somebody suggest that I tell my running story. So I figured Nicole would be the person to do that. Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about this. It was probably around 10 years ago, exactly this time that I said, let's run a half marathon in September for our 25th birthday. It's crazy. We're going to have to be 35. Um, and do you remember your reaction when I asked you? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, th- I think I thought you were kidding. And I was like, I've never run more than like five miles ever. I probably won't be doing a half. Yeah. And then you did. And then several other of our friends did. And it turned out to be this like whole big thing. Yeah. Well, so I signed up because I felt bad. You are you signed up and then it went, well, I would feel like a terrible person if she asked me to do it signed up and I didn't do it. 
So I guilted you into it. A little bit. But you guilt ran 13.1 miles. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But I mean, throughout training for that first half, I ended up finding out that I actually liked it. Actually, I think people who actually like running are a special breed of people. So did you run in high school ever? No, I did not run in high school. I played basketball, baseball, and football at a very small high school in Winneka, Illinois. Running was never on my radar. And then in college, I ran a tiny bit, but not anything like now and where I kind of actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, for me, running was always a punishment for if we got if we did something wrong in sports or for conditioning or things like that. So what do you actually enjoy about running? I it's become like a challenge and now it's sort of a stress reliever and I like to I found that I like to challenge myself and even though I may fail at times it's nice to take those lessons and apply it to different aspects of my life it's not something I ever thought would be in my life but I've also met a lot of great people as a result of it so you started off guilt running because I made you feel bad but how is your and and uh, thinking about and now it's been 10 years how has your thinking about running changed over time I would say it's, it's changed quite a bit just because now I'm I'm also coaching cross country and track two sports I never ran in high school and now I'm a head cross country coach an assistant track coach and it's just become a huge part of my life and like I said I've made a bunch of my friends made a bunch of friends in the running industry I run for fun I work at a running store and I read a lot of running books and running podcasts so it's become a much bigger part of my life than I ever anticipated it would when I first started what made you think like oh I'm gonna listen to a running podcast because I think that's like running is one thing but to actually like listen listen to a thing about that, I think is it in another. So what just made you latch on to doing things like that? Uh, I think part of it was a suggestion from the head athletic director at my school. His name is Patrick McHugh. I get a lot of my running tips and book suggestions and podcast suggestions from him. And he knows a lot about the sport. So he always likes to give me tips. And whenever he says something, I I usually listen and go try it out. And it usually ends up being something I learn a lot from. And I wasn't early on really a podcast person, but the more I got into running and the more suggestions I got about different podcasts, I started to like them more. And I found that they can also be educating for me. I remember 10 years ago, whenever you and I were like deciding, or I guess me forcing you into running this marathon or half marathon, like there were very few like print resources. There was like the Hal Higdon plan. And then uh, over the years, I feel like there's an overwhelming amount of like blogs and podcasts and magazines and uh, Instagram accounts and things like that. So how do you decide kind of like what content to take in and how do you know maybe if it's not the best advice? Early on, I I definitely was, you know, when I first trained for that half, like you said, you mentioned Hal Higdon and I just Googled half marathon training plan and Hal Higdon came up and that's what I used because I got a lot of recommendations on what to do and I just went with it because I, I didn't really know any better. So the more I've gotten into running, I found out what works best for me. And after using Hal Higdon, I discovered 
another training plan from this group called the Hansen Marathon Method. And I'd heard a couple of people use that. So I bought their book and just wanted to try something different because I was really, when I bought the book, I was, that's when I would say I was really getting into running and training and starting to feel like I was successful. So I wanted to try something different and challenge myself a bit. And that was the first time I really trained for a race. Hmm. It's crazy that that half marathon was the first and last that I did. And that now you do all of these things. Um, (laughs) So, and I remember a lot of people said to me before, like, oh, you're going to run a half marathon and you're going to want to run a full marathon. And afterwards, I was like, nope, but you were hooked. So what do you think has kept you going all these years? You said you enjoy it, but it seems like your goals have changed over time. So how have they changed over time? And what do you think the future holds there? That's interesting. Because uh, after that first half, the story of that first half is really interesting. I was super sore afterwards. About seven miles through, I was, I think I ran the first seven miles with Danny and Danny Mahegan is one of our college friends. And at about mile seven, I let him go. And I was like, man, I think I really have to use the bathroom. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it through and I was really struggling. And I mean, I we ran the finish- Chicago half. We ran against the wind the first half of the race. That was hard. We did not pick an easy first one. No, it, in retrospect, it is like looking back for me, it's like it is a race that is on the easier side, but it is windy, like you said. And I just remember seeing, like being halfway through that race and looking on the other side and seeing people like getting ready to finish. And I was a little demoralized. I was like, man, I still have so, so long to go. And I finished that race and I went, how do people go farther than this? So when I finished that race, I didn't really think that I would run further than that, but I can't even remember what made me sign up for the next half, but I, I ended up doing it and I signed up for plenty more and I, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing that. <laughs> I remember at one point you decided you want to qualify for Boston. So what made you decide you wanted to do that? Okay. So this, this story, I do have a better, better answer for. I remember doing the rock and roll half. I can't remember what year, but the goal was to break two hours. And I remember I finished the race and I hit, I think I was like at 201 or something. And I was so mad and I was like, oh, I got to, I got to come back and do this again. And the next year I did the same race and I really trained for that half. I think I used like an, an advanced Hal Higdon program and I got down to 141 and I went, oh, maybe I can actually do this. Like I got a little <laughs> yeah. bit better. Minutes off. That's crazy. I, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I had a good race and I again, I enjoyed the training. And then I just I was working at a bar at the time. And I was still nervous about potentially doing a marathon. But then these older people came into the bar and I went, you know what, if they can do it, I certainly can. And so that's what made me sign up for my first marathon. Hmm. And then what about the Boston? What made you decide you wanted to qualify and run Boston? Because running a marathon is one thing, but the Boston Marathon, tell me about that story. Yeah. So to be honest, that wasn't even on the radar until 
after my third marathon. My first marathon was a disaster. I knew nothing about marathon training, barely made it through the race. And then I took a year off and didn't run it again until two years later. Ran that one, dropped a whole bunch of time, ran it again the year after and got close enough, not quite close enough, but close enough to, I I hit 315. And after that race, I went, well, Maybe I could, maybe I can qualify for Boston at my next marathon because it looks like I'm finally getting the hang of this. So it wasn't really until after my fourth marathon that I went, this is actually a possibility and kind of crazy because when I started running, it was definitely something I never pictured. Yeah. I mean, you thought I was kidding. And then less than 10 years later, you ran the Boston Marathon and qualified for it. So you run the Boston Marathon. You've done all these races. You're a coach. What's next? What is your next big thing that you've been thinking about that you haven't done yet? I know the pandemic put things on pause. Well, this this podcast itself is is an idea that pretty much got started as part of the pandemic and quarantine and wanting to get some more minority voices out there. So this is something I definitely want to grow. Uh, I definitely want to become a better coach and learn more about the sport and help my athletes succeed in any way I can. And then I also still have personal running goals where I still have times I want to hit and races I want to do and just go with from there. And they'll obviously as I age, they'll adjust. But I also just want to keep enjoying running because I know that at some point I'll just get, I mean, you just get slower with time, but I still just want to enjoy it. What are, you know, the training, sticking to a training program can be hard. And sometimes, at least for me, it feels monotonous. So how do you um, keep yourself motivated at times like that? Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. And there are definitely a lot of ups and downs during training programs. But the biggest thing for me, I think over time is that even when I have days I don't want to run, I just try and think about how lucky I am to be doing this just because you have friends that are injured who would love to be running. You have people who can't run or want to run and it's just not a possibility. So I try and take that into into my thoughts and just be grateful for running. And on some days when you just have to take it a little easier, take it a little easier. And it's never going to be, running is never going to be truly easy, but it is something where I'm grateful that I can do and it's nice to have. And especially during the quarantine, it's one of the things that's kept me going because it's really the only thing I can do. If somebody, if you were to give advice to somebody who say their college friend called him up and said, run a half marathon with me and they'd never run before, what advice would you give them? Start small, think small, but, you know, dream big. When I was first training for that half, my goal really was just, hey, I'm going to run one block successfully. And if I run that one block without stopping, I'll be happy. Because I think part of the problem with certain runners is that they go from zero to 60 and then they think, oh, running's so hard. I can't do this. Like, I don't know why people do it. But I think if they, you know, set smaller goals to reach, it makes it a little easier in your mind. And that applies to a, a whole lot of things, but especially running just because you hit that one goal and you're like, okay, I feel good about this. Let me try and hit the next goal. You just keep trying 
until you hit that next goal. And then the other thing I would say is ask a lot of questions and then ask more because I wish I had asked more before my first race, before my first half, before my first marathon, just so I could have been better prepared. Not that I wasn't prepared because I did train for them, but I didn't train for them as well as I could have. So I can imagine for that first half that you ran that you just ran in whatever shoes you had and whatever clothes you had. And now you've become this like guru of all things running, show the shoes, the clothes, all of it, the gear. Um, and so if you were somebody giving advice to somebody who was like starting off new and running, what would you say to prioritize? Um, that's most important. I think you're, I think I know what you're going to say, but what advice would you give in that department? Get a good pair of shoes. Because you're right. The first half I ran, I worked at uh, Northwestern for the football team and they issued uh, Adidas like football, uh, football, like just Adidas shoes. Mm -hmm. And I ran in those and it worked out okay, but it's not something I would suggest to a random stranger now and just say, hey, go run a half in any shoes. Mm -hmm. I would definitely go get fitted for running shoes and a shirt and shorts and a nice pair of socks just to have, you know, a little outfit that you could run in and feel comfortable in because you're right. Like I just ran in some baggy shorts and the participant shirt they handed out for the race. And I wish I had run in less clothing just because it was kind of a warmish day. So all of that, all of that adds a little bit of extra weight. <laughs> I'm not fast enough for that to make a difference for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> what has running been like for you lately? Running for me um, is definitely like I can 100% relate to that like stress reliever, especially during quarantine and trying to run a school from my apartment, especially like a Title I school. Um, so like whenever I feel like everything is out of my control, I can go out for a run and that's within my control. And I can run as hard or as hard as I want to, as far as I want to, or I can go for a really long, relaxing jog. Um, and that feels good during all this like time of uncertainty. I think like it really helps to get a change of scenery too. And so like for me, like I like to try to run, you know, in different parts of the neighborhood and stuff like that. That's been good for me. Yeah, it's, it's been the same for me lately just because I I didn't work for three months and I haven't seen a lot of friends. So it was nice to just be able to get out the door and just have my running shoes and put on a podcast and get outside for a while because it's really all you could do for, for the last four months or so. So you listen to podcasts now. How has that changed for you over time? Like, did you like music or silence or podcasts? Like, how has that evolved over time? And what do you think you do most consistently? Early on, I was definitely listening to a lot of music while I was running. And then I would say I still do listen to music a lot while I run. But there's also periods of times where... I don't listen to music anymore, especially during races. I do not listen to music during races anymore just because I have found it is a little bit of a distraction. Hmm. And I like to take in the crowds and just kind of listen to my thoughts. And I do talk to myself during races just to keep myself going. What do you say? I didn't know that. So I practice. Yeah, it's just in my head just to keep myself going because there are times where you just go through tough patches and. It's nice to just keep your find ways to keep yourself going. Mm -hmm. And I try I try to practice that during runs. So 
there are runs where I I don't listen to anything at all. And sometimes those are the most pleasant runs just because they're the most peaceful. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, especially I had a during, I think, Boston 2018. That was probably the hardest race I've ever run just because the weather was just so awful. And I didn't really know if I was going to make it through the race. And I was just talking to myself the last probably 5K because I got to about mile 23. And I had to tell myself, Mike, you're either going to not finish this race if you keep trying to run or you're going to have to be honest with yourself and just run walk the last 5k and so i ran walk the last 5k just trying to get myself going and i barely made it but and it wasn't my best race but i think that's the race i learned from a lot because i learned how tough i was and that even when I'm struggling, that I can get through things. I remember that race and so many people. What was the percentage of people that actually finished it that year? I know it was I can't much remember. Lower. It was very low. The stats are pretty low and there were also a, a ton of professionals that dropped out. And I was just happy to be not one of those people that dropped out just because, you know, in my head, I had a conversation and I was like, I didn't come all this way to not finish the race. I didn't really care about the time at the point. I just wanted to finish. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and I'm, I'm happy to be one of those people that finished. Was there a marathon that you've wanted to run and haven't yet? Yeah, there are a few. I would love to run the New York City Marathon one day just because I've heard how how great it is the crowd even though i'm not what'd you say the crowd is incredible yeah even though i'm not a huge fan of races that large it's it's got a great reputation and like you said the crowds are great and i know that's that would keep me motivated and it's a good time of year the weather's usually pretty good it's in november so i think that would be a lot of fun and then at some point i want to do a race abroad just because that'd be a really cool experience. I remember when I was in South Africa a couple of years ago, and it was the time of the Two Oceans Marathon, um, and people run down the, the coast and then back up. Um, I guess you start off on—I don't know which—I don't know if you start off on the Atlantic and end on the Indian or vice versa. But I happened to be like landing in the airport when all these people from all around the world were showing up for it, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's another thing that I've come to love about running, and something that I never really did before is running has taken me to a lot of different places I've never been. When I turned 25, I decided I was going to want to travel to at least one new city a year. Mm -hmm. And running has helped me do that. And it's been really fun seeing a lot of different places because of it. And I think running is one of the best ways to see a city you've never been. What is your favorite race that you've run in the last 10 years? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think my favorite race has been, it's it's probably the California International Marathon that I did in 2018, just because I love that race. It's so well organized. The two times I've done it, I've done really well. And it's also the race where I first qualified for Boston. So the 2018 race was the second time I qualified for Boston. And it's also the best race I've ever had. And it's organized small in Sacramento, which is, I, th- I think is a hidden gem. And it's just always been a fun trip. So, And I always make a big trip out of it. So the last two times I've done it, I've 
gone to San Francisco before, and then I go to Portland after. And it, it's just a fun trip overall. And I like that race a lot. And I hope to get back to it whenever races are allowed. Yeah. I asked you the other day if you had done any virtual races, and I'm surprised you haven't. Talk to me about that. Yeah. I just I, thought you'd be the first one to do one of those races in your driveway, like I keep seeing on Instagram, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I like races just because I like, I do like running with other people. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm taking away from anybody who has run a virtual race, but for me, they're tough mentally because you don't have anyone out there to run with. And I like to challenge myself with other runners around at races and I like to train from. And I like to see, you know, a time on the clock, even though you're not always racing for a time. For me, I do like seeing it. My brother's girlfriend, I don't think I told you this, but she just did some, uh, gosh, I don't remember what it was called, some race where she had to run five miles every five hours for 25 hours. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen a couple of people do that. Um, and I think like the safety piece of that, she just didn't think of. Um, and there is like some strength, especially like, I mean, there's lots of different reasons in this country, but like she, she said, first of all, like running in groups is good. Like she didn't realize how hard it was going to be to run that much by herself. And even if you don't know the crowd, how much that helps. And, and she also said that was so much harder than running like a marathon. Yeah, I believe it because mentally you, you have to get yourself ready every five hours. Yeah, so she'd like wake up in the middle of the night. What about um the, uh, an ultra marathon? Ooh, that's, that's a good question too. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I do think... Oh, yet. I hear the yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe if I did one, I think it would be a 50K. I don't know if I'd ever go farther than that. I mean, a 50K is something around 31 miles. So I think that that probably will be the distance for me if I ever do it. And I definitely would probably drag somebody else into it. For the most part, you've been like really good with not having like like too terrible injuries. And, and I think like that's a challenge a lot of runners have. Like, how do you know when it's like just sore or like like natural hurt versus like hurt, hurt? And what advice would you give for runners? For me, it's I have I have been really lucky. I I can't say why I've been lucky, but I would the first time I ever really got injured was when I I was at work at Fleet Feet and it was after my first or second marathon, but I like hit my knee on something at work and I couldn't move my knee like for like a week. And I asked one of my nurse friends, I was like, Hey, what potentially is wrong with my knee? And they're like, Oh, you probably have a bone bruise. And I was like, Oh, okay. How long is that going to take? They're like, Oh, probably six to eight weeks. And I was like, what for a bruise? And they're like, yeah, you're, you're walking on it a whole bunch and there's not really much you can do about it. So that was like the first time I was really injured. And as I've learned more about running, I've learned like I've read different books, tried various things to, you know, keep myself from not getting injured, like squats, lunges, like trying to learn as much as I can about how the body works. And I would say the, the best thing to do is, you know, do a little bit of strength training, read about the body try and figure out how it works and figure out what works best for you. I I definitely ran through some sort of injury last year. 
when I was doing the the grandma's marathon. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was not pleasant. And I probably could have done a better job of taking some time off during training, but I was being a little stubborn. So I would say, you know, do your best to listen to your body. Ask other runners for advice if, you know, they've had a similar injury. Take time off if you can. A week isn't going to kill you for in the long run for training and, you know, read up on read up on things and try to find different ways to strengthen yourself. Mm-hmm. What are the um, do you do any kind of cross training? Uh, yeah, I do um, a lot of body work stuff, like more like squats, lunges, push ups. I'll do some core. I'm not a big heavy lifter. That maybe that's something that's also contributed to me staying healthy is just doing the little things. Oh, yeah, I do a lot of stretching and training. And lately I've gotten into doing a little bit of yoga. Mm-hmm. I like a app called athletes for yoga so i try and do that before every run i mentioned patrick McHugh earlier he's been super helpful and keeping me injured and helping me i mean sorry keeping me healthy and giving me tips to not get injured and i use a lot of those like bands you'll see at physical therapy mm-hmm. and i use i use that in my warm-ups and my cool down and i think just little things like that have kept me health, kept me healthy. Do you have any anyone else in your family who runs? Uh, I think two of my brothers run occasionally, but definitely not the way I do. I I'm kind of known for running everywhere, and they're, they still are amazed that I run marathons. And it, they think I'm, I think they think I'm a little crazy, but they everyone in the family is always supportive. It's pretty great. I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah. What are What are your thoughts on me doing this? I think like I don't know. I always think about my students the most. Um, you know, I think that that's the center of my whole world. And I think like a lot of my like we have a track team, and a lot of my like as you know, like ninety nine percent of my students are black, and like a lot of my boys like love to go running. They just do. I've never met young kids who like to go on a run. Usually, you know, it's not the case, but like I know after like after Amada Arbery was murdered, like my kids were scared to go running. And I hate that. And I think that, you know, at the beginning of when you were talking, you said something about, you know, wanting to like tell your story as a runner. And, and I think you said like your minority story as a, as a runner, like, you know, um, I don't want it to be the case that like the, like the majority of runners are white. Um, and especially I think about my students and how they enjoy it. I don't want them to be scared of doing something that they enjoy. And I think like, if I were to think of like, you know, I don't want to say his name, but like, I'm thinking of this one student who's in our founding class and he loves running. I think like listening to your podcast would be really powerful and empowering for him. That's, that's awesome of you to say, just because I've always wanted to make running a more diverse sport and it should be more inclusive, but it's something that we all need to work on. And if this helps in some way, I, I would be extremely happy because I know, you know, black kids don't see people like them running on TV or a lot or even in their neighborhood. So if this helps, I would love that. I'll ask you a question. What have you thought of my running progression? 
I like as your friend, it's made me really happy because I think maybe we're all guilty of this, but I don't think you ever give yourself enough grace. And I have seen you become just more confident and healthier and happier since running. I think like that time when we first got out of college, there was like a lot of uncertainty and I felt like you were too hard on yourself a lot. And to see you like start doing this and be like excellent at it has been really fun to see as your friend. Well, I I have to say thank you for suggesting running that half. And that isn't why I suggested you run it. I really just like wanted, I, I don't know, for some reason I like decided I wanted to run a half and I was like, who should I get to do it? And then I just was like, I don't know, you just popped into my head. It was like one of those God moments that you can't explain. Um, but I was just like, the idea popped in my head. I guess it was a God moment. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, but I guess that's all it takes sometimes is yeah. just reaching out and asking. You never know what the person's going to say, but I don't know what would have happened if you never asked. Who knows if I'd be running right now? I don't know where I'd be, but right. I'm happy with what where it's taken me and who I've met because of it. It's pretty cool. Now when I talk about you, I'm like my friend Mike in Chicago, who he runs marathons and he qualifies for Boston and he coaches running teams and it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you definitely have to take a, a decent amount of credit for that. So I hope you do. Because <laughs> you guilt ran 13.1 miles for me. <laughs> I did, but I, you know, I kept running afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I, have you ever talked to Danny about the experience either? I haven't. That's something I, I should do. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like he goes through spurts with it. And I know like he was running again, getting ready to be in shape for his wedding and stuff like that. And so I wonder like, you know, how his mentality with running has changed over the years. And especially now that you're way, way faster than him, because you told the story earlier about how, you know, you let him go, but now he'd be letting you go. (laughs) We've talked about it briefly, but never, never in depth. I hope you all enjoyed hearing a little bit about my running story. Nicole was a little nervous to be a podcast host, but she did a great job. Thank you for the conversation and thank you all for listening to the latest episode of Keeping Pace. Talk to you soon.